We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome into the wednesday edition of the pack a day podcast i am your co-host dusty evely with me as always is the wonderful sarah kelleher sarah we had a super bowl we had a super bowl uh, a, a close one a fun one you know some some things to get excited about some things to get mad about First of all, how are you? And second of all, what did you think of the Super Bowl? What what'd you do? Did you have a good time? Did you did you enjoy the game? Yeah, I'm I'm great. Uh, not I'm knocking on all the wood around me. Uh, it's been a, a <laughs> slow, pretty calm week at work, so that's always nice to have a little deep breath and time mm-hmm. uh, to catch my breath there. And I had fun during the Super Bowl. I mean, I really wanted the Bengals to win, so I was sad about the outcome. But I thought the game was entertaining. It didn't drag on. It, it was a shorter Super Bowl. Um, usually mm-hmm. they can go on for hours upon hours. So I like that. Ha- I love the halftime show. Thought that was a ton of fun. So great. Um, and, you know, it was close till the end. So can't really complain. Would I have loved to see the Packers in it and the Packers win, especially since they just destroyed the Rams early in the year? Absolutely. <laughs> but I thought for the situation, it was pretty good, and I'll take it. So now we're in the dark days. Football season is over. That's always the worst part because you're like, yay, Super Bowl. I'm going to eat all this great food and have a good time. And then you don't realize, oh, the next day is the worst day ever because football mm-hmm. is done. Yeah, football is done. And and the debates, debates, I'll say that in scare quotes, that are raging around Twitter now is, well, is Matt Stafford a Hall of Famer? Like, it's happened real quick. And if that's what the offseason is, is going to be, is debating whether Matt Stafford should be in and then whether Eli should be in, I just, I don't have the strength, man. I don't have the, the fortitude <laughs> to go through this, Sarah, for starting already, man. So, yeah, I, I, I had a good time. I'm the same as you. I got together with family. Watched, uh, watched the game, same as you, kind of rooting for the Bengals. You know, we're close to them. I know I, a friend of mine has been a season ticket holder for 20-plus years, um, and he was actually able to go to the Super Bowl. So I kind of wanted it for him because he's watched some truly dreadful football in that garbage, garbage stadium. And so being able to watch them get the Super Bowl would have been awesome. And they didn't get it, but he had a good time, which was cool. Uh, but, yeah, close game. The halftime show, man. Just the look of it, the setup of the halftime show alone was tremendous. And then it was it was so well done. The energy was amazing. I loved it. 
And then, like awesome. you said, it got done, and we're like, this is great, man. Oh, man, what a, that was fun. I wish the Bengals would have won. It was an exciting game. And, oh, nuts. We don't, we don't have any football anymore. We're just – now we just – we've got a very long dead time. So <laughs> we we will be trying to usher you through the very, uh, very long dead time, but we ourselves try to figure out exactly – what we're doing during that very long dead time. So we uh, we want to touch on some news and notes first. So there is uh, one official bit of news today. Um, we feel like we're blessed during this time if there's any Packers news whatsoever. Yep. Uh, and so we got a piece. Now it's something that we kind of known for a week and a half, two weeks at this point. It was official today or yesterday when you're listening to this. So Byron Storer has been uh, has been hired officially uh, to the Packers as was assistant special teams coach. Correct, Sarah? Is that right? Yep. He was uh, so just a little bit about him, you know, notably what you're going to hear a lot is he was he was Aaron Rodgers teammate at Cal. But he also was. I know. I know. That's you know, I'm surprised the Broncos didn't hire him. Right. Um, but <laughs> he was uh, he was Rich Passaccia's right hand man has been for a while. So he actually played the history of it. He was undrafted out of Cal, went to Tampa Bay as a fullback when Passaccia was there. Uh, store injured his knee, had a couple knee injuries, was out of the league by 2009 Passaccia convinced him to stay on as a staff. He had no thought this was interesting. This has no relevance whatsoever to the Packers, but the story itself is interesting. Passaccia did not have an assistant, had never had an assistant, but also knew nothing about computers. So all of his stuff, all of his formations, all of his analysis was drawn up by hand. He's like, okay, story. He seems like a smart guy he actually nicknamed him Tampa Opie. Cause he reminded him of, uh, of Opie from the Andy Griffith show, but he kind of, he said he's a smart guy. Everyone kind of liked him, but he was good with computers. And so he originally kind of used him as a way to get some of these handwritten notes, get some of this stuff into the computer for analysis to kind of break down, digitize the playbook, start looking for different ways to improve. And so basically he's been with them ever since. And so it seems like likely a foregone conclusion that Storer was going to come when Versace was hired. And sure enough, here he is. So I thought kind of interesting, uh, interesting story, the way Storer kind of get, I got into uh, coaching football there. So Sarah, uh, besides uh, besides the move itself, very clearly as a play to get Aaron Rodgers to stay in Green Bay, you have any thoughts on Byron Storer? Yeah, I mean, cool. It seems like he has the background that the Packers are looking for, and obviously it's great that he has a previous uh, relationship with the Packers' new special teams coach, so I'm all for it. And, hey, if this is some – you know, crazy way that they're convincing Aaron Rodgers to come back, which I don't think is the case at all. Um, whatever. So, honestly, special teams can't get worse. So let's let's just go for it. <laughs> you say that, Sarah, but it can always get worse. It can always, can't, always, always can't get, worse. get worse. Though. <laughs> It'd be hard. It'll be hard. But listen, I, I've seen them rise to the challenge again and again. So I think it could. Uh, so we're going to go back to the dark days. This is something, so this is one of the ways we're trying to get through the dark days. You know, we always like to do questions on the show. Sometimes if we get a question that we feel like we want to dig into a little more, instead of just answering at the end, we kind of, we bookmark it and we save it for a future episode, which is what we've done here is a good idea. And we're like, we could dig into this, but we could revolve an episode around it because we prefer when people provide our content for us. So, so that is, that's how we're operating through the off season here. This was a question uh, a couple weeks ago from Josh Agnew. His question was besides winning Super Bowl, what would you like to see from the Packers next season? Whether it's re-signing Aaron Rodgers and Devante, Gary taking another step as a pass rusher, drafting explosive wide receiver, et cetera. And so we kind of took this as what is 
our Packers wish list going into 2022. And I mean, as far as I'm concerned, we kind of looked at this roughly the same way. All things are on the table. Obviously, there's a cap. We didn't. We're not digging too much into the cap because the the magic and everything around that is just its own special thing. But we took this question and decided to say, okay, what's our Packers wish list going into 2022? What do we hope happens? So we each kind of made a list. Well, we got a, a kind of a, the same idea, but different approach, which is good. So we don't have a whole lot of overlap, but we're going to kick off. Sarah, we'll kick off with you. We've got your Packers wish list for 2022. What are your moves to make this team a Super Bowl contender next year? Yeah, so this was a lot of fun. So thank you for that question um, and for giving us an idea for an episode during the offseason when we're always fishing for content. So um, in no particular order, I'll start with re-sign Devondre Campbell. So we've talked about this the past few weeks a bit. And, you know, should we hope that the Packers re-sign Campbell or Douglas because they probably can't do both? And I've been a little back and forth. If you asked me one day, I would say Rasul Douglas. He shook things up and was a great addition to the team, playmaker. Um, But then the more I sit on this and think about it, Devondre Campbell was the missing piece the Packers needed and were looking for for a long time. Of course, Rasul Douglas was a great addition, but you have to think Jari Alexander should be back and healthy next year. Eric Stokes is developing nicely. Not sure what they're going to do with Kevin King. Um, But... Campbell, we're the podcast with Steve, who has complained about inside linebackers year after year after year. We've been doing this thing for three years, and for as long as I've known him, it's been an issue for the Packers, except this year. And Campbell, you know, sometimes you wouldn't see him making the big, flashy, sexy plays, but you go and look at the stat sheet, and you're like, oh, he had a billion tackles this game, and he was able to wrap guys up and get the job done. So, I think it's important to have that consistency. I also think he brings a bit of veteran leadership uh, to the Packers defense. And I just really enjoyed uh, the consistency that he was able to provide week in and week out for the Packers. And I'd like to see him back if possible. Yeah, it's a good start. Um, I do like that you're carrying the torch for Steve here, Sarah, that that you're jumping off with that, making sure inside linebacker does not go by the wayside. Um, there is one big one here, and, and I think we're just going to touch on it at the end. Um, that's The way I started was with one big one, and we'll, we'll do that at the end. So I kind of grouped mine into different buckets. So I've got um, some guys continuing their development. I've got some potential free agents. Again, I'm not getting into a bunch of cap stuff, but I was trying to be uh, cognizant. I'm not like, well, they should grab the number one free agent of each of these different groups. I'm not doing that. Looking at some, some possibly one-year bargain bin guys. And then uh, like just a couple generic, like they need to address this area here. So I'll start with, um, I guess, just some guys to develop, uh, some guys that I'm hoping uh, take that next step next year. And so I've got, was it five? I mean, really, I hope everyone, I hope everyone gets better in the off season and comes back better in 2022 <laughs> than they're in 2021. That's my wish list, Sarah. I'm done. The episode's over. Um, I'll start with, and I'll rattle through a handful of them here because I'm not going to talk about too long. I don't think Josiah DeGuaro. Um, you know, he had a second year. We know he had issues with drops, but I think large parts of his games improved. His recognition got better. His blocking was better, like just an aggressive blocker. He needs to improve his hands and just improve in a couple of other areas. A lot of times you do see tight ends take that leap in year three. He was injured for pretty much all of year one. So I'm hoping this next year still acts as a year three with the tight end, the uncertainty around the tight ends. DeGuara, take that leap, man, like big leap. 
that just would be a huge key in unlocking this offense. I want Amari Rogers to take a jump. Um, not a, you know, not a leap, not as huge as Deguara. He doesn't need to be amazing, but just more consistent blocker, better hands. He, he got better throughout the year in terms of, it's going to small, got better throughout the year in terms of like lining up correctly, lining up where he was supposed to go, being where he was supposed to be. Some of his routes still need a little work. His hands obviously still, still need a little work and some of his blocking. So, and, and I know he's got that in him. So I think just next year, I don't think he needs to be his final form. But just be, just take that next step. Show the improvement there. Uh, Stokes, the same. He's got, he doesn't have as much to go, but maybe just better recognition, a little more consistency on some of that. He got, he got beat a couple of times by, by pro moves, which is going to happen against a rookie, but just those incremental change there and incremental improvement. Savage, big year for Savage, man. Um, he needs to be just, he needs to be more consistent. Talked about it before. He's really good at that robber role where he kind of comes down, but some of his angles on the deep stuff, he just needs to improve there. And this is, this is his year, man. If it doesn't happen here, uh, he's likely not in green Bay after this. And so just better consistency from Savage. And lastly, and then we'll go back to Sarah is TJ Slayton. Um, we knew he was a project coming in and he showed flashes, which he did at Florida as well. Um, but just again, more consistency, better recognition. And like, if he's just going to be a big dude that holds up at the line and frees up other guys to do that. And if that's his role, that's fine. He seems to be better at that. Cause too many times he was on the ground, he's kind of getting shoved around. So just better anchor again, just that next step up. So those are my, my three guy or my five guys to develop next year is Deguara, a big leap. And then basically incremental improvements from the young guys, Amari Rogers, Eric Stokes, Darnell Savage, TJ Slayton, uh, Sarah, What's your uh, what's what's your next wish list item here? Yeah, so my next is pr- is pretty simple, and it, it revolves around just getting guys healthy, and then hopefully keeping them healthy. So I paired uh, two together for this one. So number one would be getting David Bakhtiari back and making sure that he's healthy, healthy and able to play through the season. I mean, it really sucked that he essentially missed two playoff runs and wasn't able to make an impact when he's the best left tackle in the game and just really hope that he's back and healthy and can do his thing in 2022. And the other would be for Kylan Hill to get healthy. I really liked what I saw from Kylan Hill on his rookie season. And, in you know, he, he was a contributor on special teams before he got hurt on a special teams play. So I know that can be a bit scary psychologically to go back out there and do that again but I really liked what he was giving the Packers I think he's a spark of energy um, in addition to what they already have with Jones and Dylan and so it's important that he's able to come back from you know a serious and ACL as well um, and start to make an impact whether it be in the run game here and there uh, to kind of just relieve uh, number one and two and on punts and kick returns as well. So getting those two guys healthy would be on my wish list. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, no, those are good. I kind of, until you brought them up, and I kind of hate that it, I kind of forgot about Kylan Hill because he really was, he could have been the missing piece and not just special teams, but some of the offense stuff too, as far as like his, as dynamic as he was in his speed. And so hurt, I think losing him hurts. I mean, I, I would really love to see him back. Um, okay, so my next group, and I won't go through all of them. I'll go through kind of group at a time so we can kind of break this up a little bit, is uh, I went I went to free agents. Now, again, not looking top of the market, guys. I'm looking at guys that kind of you could find kind of my mid-level again, maybe a good one year, prove it, maybe not a big name, but a guy who has showed some solid stuff in the past or is kind of towards the end of his career that you could maybe, you know, do something, get a one or two year group out of that. He could do some good stuff. So my first one I'll go with is Marcus May. Uh, Marcus May. I was looking some of the stuff, these numbers I got came from uh, PFF. This one they had, that was like projected deal, uh, projected next deal. Uh, one year, 6 million was made. Now, May is a safety. He played with the Jets. Versatile guy. Did some really nice things. Would be, you know, we wouldn't, he's not going to be the run, the running mate with Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage when those guys are out there. But when injuries happen or you do see a lot of those kind of three tight, uh, three safety sets that the Packers are throwing out there, Marcus May, huge upgrade over a guy like Henry Black. So if he's looking to maybe like, you know, take that next step, get that one year prove it deal, get get out of New York and do something else. If they if they can sign him as part of those three safety sets and maybe that moves uh, Savage in those, you you can play him a little closer to the line, play him as robber, play him as that star, put him over the slot, anything like that. That frees you up to do that in a way that that maybe a guy like Henry Black does not. So that's uh that's my first free agent pick of safety. I'm kind of kicking my tires on Marcus May. What do you got, Sarah? Fun fact: Marcus May is from the same hometown as me. Oh, is he? Yeah, okay. he went to one of the local private schools, and he actually recently just donated a bunch of money, and they were able to like redesign the whole thing, and it looks beautiful and amazing now. So pretty cool. That's that's awesome. Bring him in. Bring him in then. All right. What's your, what's your next uh, item here, Sarah? What do you got? My next one um, would be to draft a wide receiver that can also be a punt or kick returner. So 
this goes uh, to the special teams, just meltdown, catastrophe, whatever we're going to call it. Um, they desperately need a guy for this. Um, and yes, I think Kylan Hill could be the answer, but it's good to maybe have a few options. Um, so I, I'd like to see this. They're, they're probably going to have to draft a wide receiver, uh, depending on what happens with uh, the current wideout room. So why not draft one that's a bit versatile and can actually do this? I think they thought maybe Amari Rogers could be this person, but we've seen that, you know, at least so far that hasn't been the case. Uh, but that's something I would like to see them do. I'll go wide receiver as well. And this is um, kind of a joint. It's uh, a guy I would like back and then also a potential free agent. Now, the free agent might be out of the range. It's a guy that got injured last year. So I'll start with that. My free agent would be DJ Chark. Now, Chark was, you know, potentially going to be a huge part of the Jaguars offense and shown some really good things, tremendous speed, and then got injured, I think, towards ACL or a broken leg or something very early. I know it was very early because I drafted him in fantasy and actually drew, uh, named my fantasy team name after him. And then he got injured and then I had to <laughs> scramble for multiple reasons. I had to scramble. Um, I've always loved Chark. And so again, it could be a, you know, coming off injury, maybe his value is a little lower, although I kind of doubt it. So he's probably out of range. Really what I'm angling for is a, and I'll touch on this a little bit later is a wide receiver. And I talked about this before that just more speed. I really like the makeup of the Packers room. We had different guys doing different things, but when that, when a guy goes down that has a specific skill and he was the only guy say like MVS, they didn't have anyone else. So they need an injection of speed. Chark was kind of, kind of a guy that might fit in that mid level. Um, but also I just want them to bring back MVS. And you know, this is a, I, it's no secret. I love him. And I was scared before the season that there's, there's I was like, there's two potential options. One, he's going to be terrible and the Packers are not going to want him back Two, He's going to actually turn in a pretty solid year. And with that speed in his age, he's going to price himself out of, out of coming to green Bay. Yeah. The injury plagues plague season. He still did some good things and opened up stuff in the offense when he was there. I think I, you know, I looked, I think I saw this last week the offense scored on average five more points a game when he was in the game versus when he was not in the game in terms of games he played in. And you, I think you can just bring him back, hopefully on a one-year prove-it deal. I don't know what's going on with Rodgers. We didn't really – neither of us are touching on Rodgers during this segment because we have no idea what's going on with him. But if Rodgers is back, you know, maybe he's like, ah, come back for one year, maybe put up some numbers. So really my my goal for the wide receiver is get MVS back, you know, one-year prove-it deal, come back from injury, maybe, you know, cash in after that, and then also kick the tires on free agent. And my pick on that is, again, maybe I'm aiming too high, but my pick on that is – DJ Chark. Um, so both kind of went with wide receivers there. Sarah, what's your next, uh, what's your next move? What's your next wish list item? My next wish list item is to continue to develop AJ Dillon. Clearly year two, he made a big jump and yes, it was because they were using him more because Jamal Williams was like, Oh, but still they could have put their trust in AJ Dillon and it maybe didn't work out, but he is on the path that I, believe the Packers and every Packers fan hoped that he would be on. And it was really exciting to see him progress and even step up at times when uh, Aaron Jones was injured. Uh, So I just really hope they continue to develop um, him and that he can continue to grow and be a big piece of that offense because, man, he is fun as hell to watch. The new year is a great time to focus on what's important to you. Whether it's saving money by ordering less takeout, learning to cook, or prioritizing your wellness, HelloFresh is here to help you with endless options to make cooking at home simple and enjoyable. 
Personally, I'm really trying to work on my weight this year and when I found out that HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients right to my door, including farm fresh produce that arrives within a week, I was all in. Skip the trips to the grocery store, saving you long wait times and ensuring you don't waste your money on excess food and sign up for HelloFresh instead. HelloFresh has helped me eat fresher food with better portion control and has helped me live a healthier lifestyle. I highly recommend the teriyaki chicken tenders, by the way. So go to HelloFresh.com slash Packaday16 and use code Packaday16 for up to 16 free meals and 3 free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash Packaday16 for up to 16 free meals and 3 free gifts. Remember to use code Packaday16. That's HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? We've all struggled with mental health in different ways, especially during a pandemic, and I'm certainly no different. Keeping myself centered mentally is such a huge part of my overall health goals, and that's where BetterHelp has helped me. BetterHelp has the ability to assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas, and the service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist, plus you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. You can even schedule weekly video or phone sessions, so you won't have to ever sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed, and it's more affordable than traditional offline therapy. Plus, financial aid is available if needed. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com slash packaday. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. And of course, we have a special offer for Packaday listeners, as you can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash packaday. Oh yeah, absolutely. And we saw those jumps this year. So yeah, if he can, if he can get better next year, oh man, that'd be amazing. Um, I'm going to go, my next move is going to be tight end. I'm addressing tight end group. So again, kind of the same as wide receiver. I'm hoping to get Tunyon back on a one year prove it deal. Now he, he didn't do a ton before the injury, but that was some of that was the offensive line stuff. And he's playing a little closer to the line than he had before because he had a chip help and all that stuff. And maybe they had tight ends still have to do that a little bit. But he did, you know, he had that tremendous year. I think it's 12 touchdowns the previous year. And even though he was off to a slow start, like he was still doing some nice stuff. And he's a guy who was all set to cash in. And then he had this injury. So it could be seen as, you know, a lot of guys could see teams could look at this as like, well, he's kind of a system guy. He played with Rodgers. He had one good year. And maybe they're not going to pay the bank out for him. So maybe a one-year prove-it deal back in the offense that he knows and then cash in next year. So hoping to get Tunyon back on a decent deal. And then if not, or even if you do, that tight end room, again, I mentioned DeGuara, um, and I really like him, and I do think he's going to take a jump. But besides that, you know, it's it's Mercedes Lewis, who everyone likes, but is limited and old, and so who knows how much longer he's going to be around and how effective he's going to be. I mean, he's with the, you know, they they throw a lot of tight end screens in his hands, and I love the man, and the first guy never takes him down. But he's just kind of rumbling. He's not a dynamic guy. Daphne is, I like Daphne, but he's just kind of fine. So I'm looking at, a guy like Mo Ali Cox, uh, PFF had the projected deal at three years, seven million per, which is, you know, probably out of the Packers price range a little bit. But he's big guy, you know, he's shown some improvement. He was kind of developmental guy. 
decent blocker, good hands, pretty good route runner, good recognition, kind of a guy that could, you know, could start breaking out here. And we kind of saw he did some really good things with the Colts over the past couple of years, especially this past year. Even if he didn't catch a lot of balls, he showed some really nice stuff. So he's a guy at a free agency that I'd like to see them target. Sarah, what's your, uh, what's your next one? So the next one is my last one, and I have a big star next to this. Oh, actually, no, I skipped one. Sorry. So I'm um, getting ahead of myself here. So uh, my next wish list item would be for the Packers to restructure, because this is the only way they can do it, Preston Smith's contract um, so that they can keep him around. It's pretty clear that Zadarius Smith is not staying with the Packers, at least from what he's posted and what we're hearing about salary cap. So Preston Smith, he answered the call this year after a bit of a disappointing season in 2020. And again, can add some veteran leadership similar to Campbell. Seems like he's a guy that's willing to take a pay cut. And if you have somebody like that in the locker room, then I think you just sit down and have the conversation with him and say, hey, you know, what do we need to do to keep you around? That's also going to be best for the team and the organization. Obviously, a lot of that depends on what they're doing with Rodgers and Devontae Adams, since those just would be huge cap casualties. But if they're able to do it, let's. I would like to see them restructure Preston Smith and keep him around. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it kind of touches on it. So I've got a couple more, and then we'll then we'll close out with you. So one of the next group I'd like to improve would be defensive tackle. You know, obviously the interior defensive line. Kenny Clark's amazing. Again, I talked about Slate, and I hope he takes a step up. I'm not really banking on that this year. Or incremental improvement, likely, but he's not going to be like the guy in the middle. Any other guys, you know, Dean Lowry, Tyler Lancaster, their bodies. I want another dude in there because when you, you push the middle of that line, it opens up the edges. It allows free lanes for the linebackers, all this stuff. And so I'm looking at defensive tackles. I've got two in mind, potential free agents. One likely a little more expensive. That's a name probably everyone knows. The other one, an aging guy that maybe you can get on a cheaper one or two year deal. So the first one, Akeem Hicks, Akeem Hicks. Now PFF had him projected at two year, 8.5 million per year. Um, and we've seen what he can do with the bears. He had, had some injury issues, but if you compare Akeem Hicks with Kenny Clark inside that you could just, just do unholy things to an offensive line. Again, that's probably out of price range. So the next guy is Daquan Jones. Daquan Jones has been with the Panthers 30 years old, not amazing, but he's solid against the run of the past, kind of a big body, can be a run stuffer, can run, can pass the rush a little, but it's just kind of assignment sure. A guy that could really do really good things there that, again, maybe you can get for a one-year deal at the lower level of that stuff. So I'd be targeting him. Um, this another area I want to improve. Sarah, I don't know if you know that you need to improve this. Um, special teams? Um, <laughs> no. Maybe special teams? Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, Basaccia, I'm sure, has a plan for this, but – I just I'd like to see Chris Banjo back in the building. You know, he's he did good things when he was in Green Bay. Um, I think he's kind of middling now, but just it's it's a name, it's a face, it's a guy who's done some good things. It's a, it's kind of a leader on special teams. Just it's a specialist. You need you're gonna need and Sarah, you mentioned the returner earlier. You need some kind of gunner. You need some specialists on special teams. And Chris Banjo is a guy that can maybe bring some of this stuff together. And then my last one before we let you close it out is just generically, and I've touched on this a little bit, but they just need to improve the wide receiver group. Uh, again, like just make it a little more dynamic. Listen, man, I love Alan Lazard. I love Alan Lazard so much for what he does, but he's he's very limited. He's a good blocker, but you need to scheme him. Like you, if you want to do anything more than like a twelve yard shot to Alan Lazard, you have to work at that for weeks setting that stuff up. 
Like you, we need you need a guy that can win in all areas of the field or can at least stretch all areas of the field. I don't really have anyone in mind. I talked about wide receiver earlier, but it is, and Sarah, you mentioned earlier, something that needs to be addressed in the draft. I just want just more dynamic playmakers in that wide receiver room, likely in the draft. You know, I don't know, first round, second round. I don't know. I don't know who's going to be available. They need to address that. And lastly, just edge depth. Uh, you mentioned Preston Smith, bringing him back would be great. We saw the ascendance of Rashawn Gary, but when Rashawn Gary was down, you know, they brought in Whitney Merciless, you know, for that game or whatever, Whitney, they brought in Whitney Merciless and he went down. Those backups are, uh, Tipanalia and Tipanalia, Tipanalia and, uh, Spider Garvin. Like, and those guys end up being better than I thought they were going to be, but they're still not great. So there needs to be to rotate those guys in. If they can bring like three pass rushers at the same time in those packages, like you hope they're going to do as Darius Smith, they can do a lot of good things. And then just depth behind that. So again, maybe a developmental guy, maybe an older guy or something, but that that's definitely an area that needs to be addressed. And Sarah, you've got one big one for the end that we both had. So close us out, Sarah. What is our final wish list item? Yeah, this one, like I was starting to say a few minutes ago, has a big star next to it because it is a maybe, and I don't know how they're going to do it, but if somehow, some way, the Packers can re-sign Devontae Adams, I hope to God that they do. But I know this would absolutely destroy the cap. It, it means it would also it also means the Packers would have to let a lot of guys go. Um, so we'll see. But when you have a guy like Devontae Adams you do everything you can to keep them. And I think the Packers are going to try and we'll just have to hold on tight and sit back for the ride. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I, I I think he'll be back. I get the gut feeling he'll be back because you kind of feel like he almost has to be. But <laughs> I'm with you. It's kind of, well, I don't know how they're going to do it, but uh, but it feels like they have to do it. So that's our plan. That's our wish list. Some, some higher reaching items and some that are a little more attainable here. So that's our wish list, and uh, you know, Gudikins. I know, I know you listen to this, man. Um, we, you know, we appreciate, we appreciate all the emails and all the DMs you sent our way and everything like that. Just you know, all the kind words. Um, it just put this plan in motion, man, and the Super Bowl team next year. So we're very excited about that. Uh, thanks again to Josh Agnew for sending that in a couple yes. weeks ago and and giving us an idea of something to talk about. Speaking of ideas of things to talk about, Sarah, as we always do. And to close out with some Twitter questions, guys, we always appreciate the questions. Thanks for sending those in. What do we got today? We got, we got a few good ones. Yes. So our first is from Neebles, who is an active Twitterer in the Packers space. He wants to know, and this is something that's been floating around Twitter the past few days since the Rams won uh, the Super Bowl. Aaron Donald or Reggie White seems to be a hot topic as of late. So Dusty. What do you got? Any hot takes here? I'm I'm of the mind that like Aaron Donald is one of the best uh, football players I've ever seen. Just what he does down in, down out, and just wreck stuff. But you know, I'm a little older. I'm in my 40s. You know, I grew up, you know, with that Packers era, watching Reggie White. I've gone through a bunch of old Reggie White games. When he took over a game, there's nothing like it in the world, man. So I'm gonna go and. <laughs> For all the stuff Aaron Donald's done, he's never thrown a Hall of Fame wide receiver at a at a Hall of Fame quarterback. Is Warren Mean in the moon in the Hall of Fame? I don't remember, but he should be. Uh, I've never seen Aaron Donald do that. So that's a mark against Aaron Donald. I'm going to say just Reggie White, because when that man was on, 
and just just hucking people with that with the because he could he could hit you with the hump move he gets you with the speed move he gets you with the inside move like he could beat you a thousand different ways and just country strong there's nothing you do about it there was there was i think when he was with the eagles i watched him just straight up rip the ball out of the quarterback's hand and take that sucker back for a touchdown like it was like and just outrunning the defense or the offense like it was nothing so i'll go i think it's close just because I do think Aaron Donald is is at that level, just what we've seen him do throughout his career. Uh, maybe it's just nostalgia speaking, but I think you know Reggie White just Reggie White just when he wrecked games, there was there's still nothing like it. Just it was like a just a grizzly bear against men. Um, Sarah, where you, where do you sit on this on the great debate? No, I agree with you, and I can't remember who tweeted this or where I even saw it. Maybe it was on Instagram or Facebook. But somebody said, you know, Reggie White at his position is what Tom Brady is for quarterbacks. There's just something a little bit different. And even when you have people that are great at the position, uh, they're just not quite Reggie White. And that's kind of just how I feel about it. I thought that was a good way to sum it up. And yeah, pure dominance. I think Aaron Donald is obviously insanely talented. And he's a great player in this league. And he has quite the impressive resume. Um, but there's just something about that dominance in Reggie White where he's able to just go in and absolutely, literally manhandle guys on the field. So uh, not too much of a hot topic for us, but maybe it's because we're Packers podcast. I don't know. Uh, um, next question from Matt Pickett from Hey, We Like Your Pod. It is a two-part question. Number one, what are you most excited about for the offseason? And then a bonus, what food are you most excited about this offseason? So I can start on this one. What am I most excited about this offseason? Just to have a little bit of a break. I mean, I think you guys know we write and podcast a lot during the season. So it's nice for that to slow down a little bit. You know, in April, we always typically, at least our Wednesday crew, takes about a month off and lets the draft experts come in. And that's, you know, as much as we love doing this, it, it's nice to have a break and be able to do some other things, whether that's doing nothing at all and just relaxing or Maybe hanging out with some friends, going out to eat, whatever it may be. So I'm just looking forward to kind of relaxing a bit more. And then I'm also looking forward to just what the hell is going to happen with Aaron Rodgers and that whole saga, which apparently we should have a decision in a few weeks, according to the timeline he presented on Pat McAfee. So that's another one. And then what food am I most excited about this offseason? I'm not quite sure. Um maybe just a new recipe that I haven't had time to try yet. And I don't know what said recipe is yet, but I'll be excited about it when I get there. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of what you said for what I'm excited about, you know, we, like I said, we write so much and the season, as much as I love writing about football and talking football and all that, it just, some of that, it just is a grind. So by the end of the season, I'm, I'm ready to be done. I'm ready to take a break. And then that itch kind of starts to come back. My wife said to me last week, and the season is still going. The Packers are done. The season's still going. My wife said to me last week, as I was kind of piddling around the house on a Wednesday night, she was like, you without football, you don't really know what to do at night. Do you? I was like, no, I don't. I don't. So I'm looking forward to catching up on 
uh, some TVs and movies that I missed, you know, some, uh, we are all dead is a new, a new, uh, Korean zombie series on Netflix. I'm super hyped about cutting caught up on some, uh, 90s slashers that have kind of, uh, hit my blind zone there you know, that, that I've, uh, I've been doing over the past week. And then I'm looking forward to when everything, uh, when, when the, it starts coming back and I feel like it's already starting to, uh, getting back into football, whether that's Packers or not. So for Packers, I've got a couple of projects lined up. I always like to do something during the off season. So, Packers, I'm going to do kind of something I did during the bye week, uh, just kind of looking over the all, whole season is just looking at those passing concepts. What do they use? What was successful versus down at distance and weeks? And what do they you know improve on over the year? And what do they install later on and the variations of that? So likely once, you know, once everything calms down, I like to kind of get everything gathered, get all my clips together, get all the data together, and then just kind of settle in. I've got all this stuff charted already. So it's just a matter of sitting down to do it. I spent enough time with Excel spreadsheets in my work life that it's tough to get myself to do it in the <laughs> off season on like a Tuesday. So, uh, so I need to just, I need to buckle down and do it at some point and then just, just get this stuff, you know, get it kind of, okay, here was our seasonal review. Here's what the Packers did. Well, here's what they ran a lot that didn't do well, kind of go through the concepts. And again, I did this during the bye week but this is going to be a season long thing. So I've got that on the horizon. And then I kind of want to get back into looking at other teams. It's something I've kind of let fall by the wayside, but it's important for me anyway to kind of look at other teams to see what they're doing, both as a way to kind of baseline what the Packers are doing. I spend so much time with the Packers, like, oh, that's cool, that's cool. They did that. I like how that looked. What are the other teams doing? Like, are they are the Packers kind of in front of this? Are they behind the eight ball a little bit? And then beyond that, what can the Packers steal? So I'm looking at, you know, some teams that had success that were around the Packers system this year which is basically I'm looking at the Rams um, with that McVeigh system, the Niners with the Shanahan system, and maybe some stuff with the Bengals. That was Zach Taylor. So it's all, all kind of closely related. If I can get the tape, I'm looking, I'm going to hopefully look at UK's with uh, Liam Cohen, who was part of that system as well to see what they did. Cause they had a successful offensive year as well. And so I'll be, I'm going to be looking at that. And then lastly, I guess uh, I'm going on vacation, but we haven't been, we had a family vacation planned like, and then COVID hit. And then everything got canceled. This was a couple of years ago. We used to go to Colorado with my family in the summer uh, when I was a kid. We used to drive out. I don't know how my parents did it, man. Five kids, one van, 24-hour drive. My dad would drive straight through. Um, so I'm not doing that because I'm not a psychopath. But we are going to head out. Whole family's going out um, in late May, early June to Colorado. And I've not been since high school, I don't think. So really excited ah. about that. Go hike in the Rocky Mountains a little bit. It's been a long time coming. Um, with This, this vacation has been planned for like three or four years now, we're finally getting a chance to do it. So really, really hyped about that. Um, I think that's the biggest thing I'm excited about beyond all the, and I also like to use the off season to learn more about football, watch uh, clinics and all that stuff, but you know, excited to get away for a little bit. It'll be, it'll be good. And the food I'm most excited about, uh, I don't just food, just, just food, food in general. I don't know, man, smoke some stuff, eat some hamburgers, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't have any big food plans in the off season. I just just like regular food. Just my food, I guess. <laughs> All righty, good stuff. Our next question is from Cole Pope, and he just has a very simple question: Aaron Rodgers, what's the prediction for his future? <laughs> so, Dusty, what do you think? Is Aaron Rodgers going to retire? Is he going to be on another team like the Broncos, Steelers, whomever it may be, or is he going to come back? And play for the Packers. I get the feeling he's back. Uh, I just, it, it seems like they want him back. I don't think that's smoke. I th- you know, some of the reports of like $50 million a year 
if they can make that work fine, like on a short term deal, like I get it. I, that seems like a bit much, but I do think they want him back. And it does seem like that. He, I mean, we talked about it for the past couple of years now. He's not a guy who's really sugarcoating things at this point in his life slash career. So when he says stuff like, hey, man, the relationship is really good with the front office and names Brian Russ Ball and, uh, you know, my, Matt LaFleur. Um, I can't think he, I think even Mark Murphy, I think mentioned by name as far as going well. I think he means that. Like, I don't I don't think he's, you know, just just saying that to say it because I don't think he's at that point in his life where he's saying things just to say things. So. I just gut feeling. I think he's back. Do you, uh, it wouldn't, I think he's back or he retires, but right now I feel like he's back. Sarah, where do you, where, where do you sit on that? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. I actually agree. And I just have stood by the opinion for so long that the best chance for Rodgers to win a Super Bowl is in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Any other place he goes, he's not going to have the guys around him that he has in Green Bay. The division is certainly going to be much harder. I mean, he's absolutely just ruled the NFC North for years and will continue to as long as he stays. Uh, so I agree with you. I just, my gut's telling me he's going to come back. It's, all signs have pointed to the relationship improving with the front office, which was apparently the big thing last year. He's mentioned multiple times unprompted that that relationship has improved and he's happy with where it is and how it's grown. So I think he's coming back. We'll see though. Alrighty. Another Rogers question. And this one's a good one. It's from Ray Dempster. Um, and they said, if the Packers extend Rogers, do they trade love? And if so, where and for what? My thought is Indy for a second. They have no first. Might make sense if this 2020 report from Ian Rappaport is true and he linked to a report. So this report, for a little background, is from uh, SB Nation's Indianapolis Colts site. And apparently, and I never knew this, so thank you very much, Ray, for sending this because I actually dived into this a little bit because I thought it was really interesting. Apparently, the Colts, uh, there was a lot of mumblings before the draft that they were interested in Jordan Love and that they were thinking about trading up, that they had kind of talked with the Seahawks about putting together a deal so that they could trade up to secure Jordan Love. Uh, but then that the night, on draft night, it never happened. They never made a call. So John Snyder, who is the general manager for the Seahawks, you know, he said in a press conference that he had a trade lined up to go back a little bit, uh, but he made the pick afterwards when it fell through. He didn't say anything about you know, where the trade would have placed them, but it's something to just consider. He also said he was talking with the Packers and Brian Gutekinds, and he was told, sorry, we got a better deal. It happens. So this is, there's a lot of speculation here, but it seems like at least before the draft that 
cults were interested in love. They liked what they saw, um, but they just never pulled the trigger on draft night and the Packers did. So uh, that's the background on that. So to repeat the question, if the Packers extend Rodgers, do they trade love? And if so, where for what? Dusty, what do you think? Like I said, I think I think he's back. Um, I do think Rodgers is back. And so, I mean, I think I think it makes sense to trade love. And it makes sense to trade, trade love this year, I feel like, just based on the weak quarterback draft that that is coming out. I mean, I don't there's a lot of guys I don't think a lot of draft guys and quarterbacks are gonna go in the first round. That's how this goes. I've seen some draft guys that don't have a single quarterback uh mocked in their first round or don't don't have a first round grade on them. It's just it's a weird quarterback class. There's some guy with some upsides, like some like Matt Corral, Matt Coral, Matt Corral. Um but I or Ritter out of Cincinnati, I know was another one, but just not those those guys that you're kind of looking to draft in the first round typically. So I think this would be the year to to let him go to trade him because if you sign Rodgers, even if it's a short deal, if it's a two year fully guaranteed deal, and you assume he's out after that, that puts Jordan Love what starting in year five, and you're gonna make the call on that beforehand. So you're gonna have to pay his fifth year option before that. I just don't see them doing that. I think if Rodgers is gonna be around, I think they will look for a quarterback you know, for the next future. So like in the next year, then they draft a quarterback or try to acquire someone. So I think if Rogers is back, love is gone. Uh, and yeah, I don't know where, I mean, the Colts make a lot of sense that re- that report is not something that I heard before. That's interesting. Um, there was also, there's also rumors going around that Wentz may not be back in India. I think if they, I think as um, March 18th, if I'm not mistaken, is I think 22 million guaranteed uh, salary goes in. So if they cut them out right to that, they save some money there. That's obviously something that it doesn't look like that's working out. They paid, you know, they paid big money in a big draft hall for him. It doesn't look like that's working out. So they may be in need and they've got good pieces. So Indy makes sense. The other, I know Denver, everyone talks about Denver. So that's a possibility with everything going on out there and where they feel like they are. The other one that makes a lot of sense is, is Pittsburgh. Uh, just because they're in win now mode or the, the they've got the pieces all over the place to be good, except for the quarterback. And I think, I think if love goes for, I don't know. I'll say a second and a fourth for a while. I was saying a first, but I don't think he's shown enough to be a first. You can kind of try to pedal that. I'm sure the Packers try to get that. Listen, man, he was, you know, he was in the first round just a couple of years ago and he's been sitting behind Aaron Rodgers and learning at the feet of Matt LaFleur and Hackett, who just got hired as a head coach. And doesn't he look shiny? Look at this guy. You don't want any guys here. So they're going to angle for that. But I think probably second and fourth is likely where that ends up going. Alrighty, I don't think I could sum that up any better. So we're just going to move on to our last question. It's from a fellow podcaster, Jacob Westendorf. And he said, in honor of the gift you used, which um, was commented on my call for questions, and I used a glorious gif of Nicolas Cage's hair blowing in the wind saying, ah, it's going to be a good day. So in honor of that gift, what is the best Nicolas Cage movie? And now Dusty. Dusty did a lot of research on this for everyone that's listening. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did more research on this than his wish list because he that's really true. spent quite some time while we were prepping for this episode looking through. I'm sure it was Nick Cage's IMBD page. Yeah, and no, just, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, <laughs> and just naming movies. Oh, that's a great one. That's a great one. Oh, I love that mm-hmm. one. I, that one's the best. Oh, this is so hard. So, Dusty. What did you end up choosing and why? Do you have any honorable mentions as well? Um, so many honorable mentions. I mean, first of all, his filmography is just just legit bonkers. Like he did his run from 95. Okay, from 95 to 98. So I was in high school during this time. 
And that was, uh, I went to go see a lot of these movies in the theater and that was just an insane run. So 95, 98, leaving Las Vegas, leaving Las Vegas. I think you believe you won an Oscar for that. If I'm not mistaken, then he follows that up with the rock and all timer, then con air and all timer and then face off, which is terrible, but also an all timer, then snake eyes, which is bad, but like fun, bad. Uh, and beyond, I didn't write this down, but I think city of angels is in that run as well, which is just a terrible drama with a tremendous ending, just a tremendous ending. So tr- hell of a run from 95, 98 for Nick cage. Then you throw in there things like adaption, the Charlie Kaufman one. That's just super, super weird. And so much fun. The wicker man uh, with the bees, you know, the highlights from the wicker man are tremendous. It's just that just as a bear, just, just drop kicking a woman into a wall. Uh, <laughs> bad Lieutenant port of call. New Orleans is just so weird, but so great. Uh, kick-ass, great and kick-ass, like a standout in that cast that has a great cast. Ghost Rider, the Ghost Rider movies are insanely terrible. He was in the Left Behind. They did Left Behind, like based on the Revelation books, Left Behind. Uh, and then, you know, Spider-Man, Spider-Noir, Spider-Man Noir in the Spider-Verse. Tremendous. And the, the rumor behind that is there's a ton of deleted scenes because most of the stuff he said was ad-libbed and it was too filthy to put into the movie uh my pick and i do want to say one more honorable mention that uh ferd turgeson that's uh monty who does four downs with with aaron alice which is just a, a ton of fun great podcast you guys should listen to that he brought up mandy mandy's great mandy is a just a psychedelic basically like it's a an hour and a half long music video for metal for like a metal song more or less is how it ends up coming out visually just amazing there's like a, a i think like a was a chainsaw guitar or a big sword and sparks flying everywhere visually just astounding movie so if you haven't watched mandy watch mandy my pick now i'll get to my pick after rambling for forever my pick <laughs> is raising arizona uh raising arizona is an early coen brothers movie like an all-timer of a comedy uh that's still one of my all-time favorite comedies is raising arizona uh this was you know pre-big lebowski but it's it's uh cage and holly hunter and then john goodman and the kind of the regular cast of coen brothers characters comes in just kind of a wild madcap comedy with nick cage and his wild hair just 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 being all nick cagey but very charming just a very charming very funny performance for him so that's of all the stuff he's been in raising arizona is still i'll go back and watch that one just a classic comedy so i'm i'm going raising arizona sarah is your answer shorter than mine my answer short and sweet I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. Yes, but <laughs> yes. I know it's I know it's cheesy to pick National Treasure, but National Treasure is a national treasure because that movie. Dusty and I were geeking out about it before when we were talking about our picks. It's just such a entertaining watch, and it's it's so much fun. You go along for the ride. The concept is also so incredibly ridiculous and not possible that they push the boundary so far that by the end, you're like, yeah, that is possible. You could steal the Declaration of Independence and it could have hidden messages in it and you could run around all over the place and go to the secret tomb and everything. It is so much fun. And every time I watch it, I always think this is the most ridiculous movie I've ever seen and I love it. So that would be mine. But man, Nicolas Cage himself is a national treasure. It truly truly iconic the memes that have come out of that movie have also been tremendous it has some great side characters and supporting characters too um you know the 
The sequels aren't as good, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> National Treasure is great. That's a solid pick. Yeah, I'm. I'm told Sarah I've watched National Treasure an embarrassing amount of times. I am a big National Treasure fan. I'm a big Justin Bartha fan because of National Treasure, and Diane Kruger is is delightful in that. I saw her in Inglorious Bastards, and I was like, oh, the girl from National Treasure, which is not how she should be known, but that's how I know her. So. Uh, we just spent five minutes talking about Nick Cage. So Sarah, it's officially the off season. Uh, do you have any final thoughts for us tonight? So my final thought for this week, um, nothing much. I guess first and foremost, I won't be on the show next week. I'll be back after that. I am taking a mini vacation this weekend to go visit my best friend, uh, up in the Virginia DC area. She, uh, moved up there about, gosh, eight or nine months ago, and I haven't seen her since. So I'm really excited to get that time with her, get a few days off of work. I've really been looking forward to it, similar to what Dusty was saying about his trip uh, later this year. This is something I've been trying to do for a long time, ever since she moved, and now it feels good to finally uh, have it coming up. So I will be gone next week, but back after that. Um, but other than that, just hope everybody has fun in the off season. It really sucks. I, again, like we talked about before, Super Bowl, woohoo! And then you realize what that actually means. Uh, but I think it's going to be a good, exciting off season for the Packers. It won't be as crazy as last year, but we'll still have some drama um, and days where everybody's screaming at each other on Twitter. Um, and that's pretty much it for me. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, I don't have much either. I mean, I mentioned earlier a bunch of stuff that I am going to be working on. Um, I did pick up. Uh, Bobby Peters, I, I had Bobby Peters on a show, I think during the off season, he had written a book about the Packers offense, uh, last year. He just had a new book come out about, uh, it's, I think it's called like game planning with the 2021 San Francisco 49ers. And he kind of goes game by game through the Niners and shows a specific concept or two as far as like how they used it, why they used it against that opponent. Really great look. So if you're looking into, you know, reading a little bit more about football, kind of a little more advanced ish level, Bobby Peters, great guy. Uh, so you're kind of supporting him anyway. Uh, but that book, I'm, I'm think I'm at week five. I'm kind of taking that one slow and that's really interesting. So I'm looking forward to kind of getting into that a little bit more, but yeah, no, uh, no real final thoughts. Just, uh, you know, as always, just, just be nice. Be just be nice, I guess. Just be nice. Uh, so yeah, that's it from us. Uh, thank you as always for listening. Thank you for the questions. Um, we didn't get to all of them this week as we usually don't, but thank you for everyone for sending the questions. You can follow us on Twitter at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Keller 4, at Steve Perhatch, and the podcast at Packaday Podcast. You can rate and review us at your podcast listening place of choice. Uh, be excellent to each other. And as always, go Pack Go.
sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.